Hey, what up, man? This is Matt Barnes. Make sure you catch me tonight on the Drunk Unks podcast, man. We about to get it in, man. Laugh, talk a lot of shit, have some fun, man. So make sure you tune in tonight. Hey, 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 look, get your ass the fuck up, you're now tuned with the drunk hunks, so go and grab your cup, relax, and fill it up, sit back, and drink it up, cause my hunks, go turn it up, I'm away, Uncle Night Night, Uncle Rico, and Uncle Fat, I be the lit nephew, King Quaddy, I'm kicking fat, they put y'all on game, and Quaddy's spitting the real podcast, with Master Pill, we just lit like that, I see you grooving, I see you moving, so have a seat and grab a drink and get into it, and if you ain't rocking with the hunks, one thing I gotta say, y'all only get half a bar, count your fucking days. Oh shit, what was that? I was talking about phone. I was in the game, but what that was, I was scared. All right, we already logged, so. Just me. Yeah, um, let me. Oh shit, you got, can you plug the mic up? Which one? Animal six weeks. First one. I, I can't lift a uh, gallon of milk. This one, right? Three. Yeah. Oh shit! Nah, well he he on fourth and Irma he, he over here. Yeah, he over here. Nah, make sure you got audio. Yeah. 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 Huh? If this shit don't go through for whatever reason right now, we live on Facebook, but I'm going to tell you to your face because you my man, you my guy. What? I will spend an hour roasting you. What happened? I said, if this, if this shit don't go through, I will spend an hour roasting you because that's that walk to the bathroom, nigga. You just gave me a hundred clip. <laughs> I felt bad for you, bro. I ain't going to hold you. My nigga said it looked like you was, uh, <laughs> looked like you learned how to ride a horse today. You just got off. <laughs> Yeah. I just rolled 50 miles on my horse, dog. Bro, man, y'all ain't even tell me it was gonna be like this. Y'all said this shit was a breeze. Oh, yeah, you. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? Sorry, we had some uh, technical issues. Oh, Kershaw, my guy. But we we be with y'all shortly. Lovely wife of mine for the past 11 years. Almost the 11th of September. This coming from the old nigga in the corner. <laughs> the oldest nigga in the corner. So. Well, technically. I in the corner. Yo, Shug, what's going on, boy? Jaja, what's good, brother? Welcome to the team, Jaja. I saw you, I saw you make that transition, bro. Look real smooth, too, man. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up, fellas? Y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. What's going on? What's going on? Not much, man. We we had some uh technical issues, man, but they, they all handle, so you know. I already know how that go. All right, so I'm gonna just go right into the actual intro of the show real quick. Drunk Onks podcast coming back to y'all. Friday night with your drunk onks. We are essential workers. We have a we have a job and a duty to give y'all this information, these facts, this entertainment. Um, I'm Uncle Night Night. To my right, Uncle Rico. Yo, what's going on, everybody? To the far right today, uh, fresh out the hospital. He got some brand new jewelry on, too. You see his bracelet? Took himself out of the hospital, unplugged all the IVs, had to get surgery done. Because my we boy did not want to miss the show. Be here. We got Uncle Facts for y'all. That's committed to the cause right there. Hey, man, that's good, everybody, man. That's and that sounds like some Tupac shit. <laughs> and for everybody's watching and Lonnie people listening, we got a uh, former NBA player, 15-year veteran. Uh, he just jumped in the podcast game, and he's doing major numbers. Word. Uh, he's probably the hardest light-skinned nigga you ever seen on the basketball <laughs> <That's> court. <facts. laughs> he, he's pro-cannabis. 
and we're going to get into that a little bit. But, ladies and gentlemen, I give y'all Matt Barnes. Man, thank y'all for having me, and I appreciate that. Man, we appreciate you being on the show, man. Like, you've been showing, like, mad love, man. We really appreciate it, man. No doubt. Um, First and foremost, brother, happy belated birthday. Oh, mm -hmm. thank you, man. I appreciate that, man. I'm 40, man. I'm getting up there, baby. Okay, welcome to the club, bro. Welcome yeah. to the club. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, man. So uh, how are you and the family uh, maintaining right now through this pandemic that's taking place? Um, you know, to be honest with you, this has kind of been a, a blessing in disguise, obviously, in a situation with the pandemic. But, um, you know, post-career, I've been on the move constantly, coast to coast, flying, working. So I finally just have a chance to just sit my ass down at the house, mm. uh, hang out with my kids and just relax, which is something I never really get to do. Right. Um, How much weight you gain? How much weight you gain? Say it again. How much weight you gain? How much weight did I gain? Yeah. Uh, after I was done playing? No. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh. Sitting your ass down in the house. Oh, shit. No, I, I still be staying active. You know what I mean? I'm oh, someone work? that's still active. You know, I still go on three-mile run daily and, oh, and work, my, and work my twins out, you know, try to keep get my twins cardio up and, and work on their basketball and football game. So I'm still – I'm not someone that just sits, sits around. I mean, I'm just hypothetically sitting around because I don't have to travel. But I still try to stay active because, I mean, as much as I smoke and be chilling in my off time, it can get out of hand quickly. Oh, like right. Rico. <laughs> <laughs> um, that takes me to another quick question, man. What's it like coaching your kids right now? I love it, man. Uh, you know, uh, my, my partner, Steven Jackson, we were talking about this on the podcast. I think he heard you. He doesn't oh, like okay. it. You know, his kids don't like him as coach. They like him as dad. But my kids love me as coach. You know what I mean? So luckily, we have a, a cool dynamic there. Um, you know, obviously trying to see them get better, improve, and help improve their teammates. But it's just also another time in, uh, for us to bond and spend more time together. You know, I played 15 years. I had another two years on my deal, but I retired early from a standpoint of I just wasn't getting to see my kids enough, I felt, and I felt like I was missing too many crucial moments, uh, you know. So I retired a little early, moved back to L.A., and then became coach and, and full-time dad again. So I love coaching them. Uh, luckily, you know, out of their mouth, they love me as a coach. So it's been a blessing, man. Well, I mean – it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt that you was able to sneak in that uh, that championship right before you got out of there. No doubt, that, was, that was definitely. But that that was funny. I was doing an uh, interview for the Warriors this morning, and and that was a little bittersweet because my whole thing, my whole career was I grinded and took less money to win. Uh, got on that team at the end of the season. Um, was playing up until about a week before the playoff. I, I came in, so I was in Sacramento. I signed a three year deal in my hometown. Figured I'd just retire uh, a king. Uh, they trade DeMarcus Cousin at the trade deadline in 2017. And um, so I go and talk to the GM, the president, talking about I don't have time to rebuild. And I'm 37. I ain't got time to redo all this stuff. So we come to a mutual agreement where I get released. And then I sign with the Warriors. So immediately I'm coming in playing 20, 25 minutes a game for the Warriors because KD gets hurt. In the game, KD comes back. I get hurt. And probably my worst ankle sprain of, of my life. And I was uh, hobbled, you know, all throughout. I didn't feel I didn't feel like I could really do anything until almost the Western Conference Finals. But by that, by that time, we was already eight zero and rolling. So it was bitter sweet from a standpoint. I just kind of had to watch. And normally, I'm someone out there, you know, in in the mix, in the bunker, going to war with my homies. And this time, I just had to watch. So although I did win a championship, to me, it was bittersweet because I really just felt like I was, I was, I got a free ride. Then boys, you know, obviously I played on a great team, but then boys did all the heavy lifting. I, I take that ride any day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, too. The only one okay. in the hood. That's what's up, man. As a matter of fact, the next time you you, uh, you you talk to Stack, tell him I said, what up? I'm a lifelong Patriots fan. So, you okay. know, yeah. that was my guy, yo. Oh, yeah. Stack is, a, Stack is a nut, man. That's my dog. He When he got – so he got traded from the Pacers to, uh, to, to, to Golden State. And obviously, I, I played with, against her for years. But, you know, we had instantly developed a – a bond in chemistry and to be honest with you from weed because we was both such you know heavy weed smokers that you know we, we smokers be bonding together and it was a brotherhood from there and you know that, that's really like that's not my friend that's my brother my boy said heavy weed smokers <laughs> he made it clear <laughs> heavy um, out of that 15-year career man what team did you have like the most fun with um i say there's there's there was a 
three teams that I had a blast with. One was that We Believe team, the, the Golden State team that, that made NBA history in 2007. We beat the first number one seed in the seven-game series because we were just a band of dogs, you know, myself. Playing Nelly Ball. <laughs> yeah, Baron Davis, Jay Rich, Monte, Al Harrington. Man, we had the squad, Petrus. Mm, uh, yeah. So I had a blast with that group, even though that was short-lived because – Next that next that that summer they traded Jay Rich and kind of it was the beginning of the end of that. But that team, uh, that Lob City Clipper team, oh yeah, man, I really felt like we had enough to win a championship, but we just bumped heads too much. We were our own worst enemies with that squad, but crazy enough, we still had a good time and won a lot of games. And then the Lakers, uh, when I got a chance to play with Kobe, I'm a lifelong Laker fan, and you know to be recruited, you know, shit, me and Kobe became close because we was about to fight. You know, and then after that, yo, what was going through your mind when you had flicked the ball at Kobe and he didn't even flinch? To be honest with you, I don't even know what was going through my mind because it wasn't playing the shit, it just happened. You know what I mean? It was a spur of the moment, like my arm just reacted on their own, but it was just a back and forth game. Uh, you know, we've always battled against each other. Uh, you know, he was the person I looked up to the most in the league. So it was always just an honor to be able to play against him and go to war with him. And he was just on this Kobe shit, man, doing his little fucking elbowing, grabbing. You know, Kobe was a, obviously physically gifted, but he, his, 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 the art of war was that he tried to mentally dominate you too. So mm. I had to eliminate that shit. And, it just came to a point where, like, fuck it. We was about to fight. Fuck the game. We to <laughs> um, then, uh, oddly enough, at the end of that season, they end up – we lost in the Western – we lost in the Eastern Conference final in Boston, and then they had beat uh, the Celtics in the finals. And then I get a call. Um, so I'm in the process. I'm, uh, I'm a free agent now. I'm, I'm planning on leaving Orlando. I'm talking to uh, D. Wade and Pat Riley, and this is the same year that LeBron and, and Chris Bosh go to Miami. So – I was planning on just going up right up the freeway and going to Miami, but then out the blue, I answer a, a number that I don't even know, and I'll never be answering my phone, and it was cold. I'm like, what the fuck? Who is this? And he's like, oh, <laughs> And we sat down, chopped it up, told me anyone crazy enough to fuck with him was crazy enough to play with him, and asked <laughs> me if I wanted to be a Laker, and like three or four days later, man, I was a Laker. So it was crazy to, like I said, battle against bro and then almost end up fighting and then him wanting me be, become his teammate and us becoming brothers after that. Uh, it, it, was, it was a dope situation. Wow, that was just that was just respect right there, man. Yeah. He seen you was real, so he he, yeah. he, he wanted that with him. Right um, with that being said, though, as we bring up Kobe, man, as a Cali guy, man, uh, how was the loss of Kobe and Nipsey Hussle? How did that really like impact you? Those are too heavy, man. I got a chance to meet Nip. Uh, my brother put me on Nip in 09 because my brother just always with the underground shit. My brother put me on Nip in 09. I came to the Lakers in 2010 and was already fucking with Nip heavy. And I'm like, shit, I'm a Laker now. I'm like, my, my power moves a little moves a little different now. So I ended up hitting bro on uh, Twitter at the time and he hit me right back. And I just told him I was a big fan of his movement, his work. I fucked with his work and he needed to come to a game. Came to a game. We chopped it up, started smoking, kicked it. He came and did a birthday party for me. And we was cool after that. You know, we weren't like the best of friends, but every time we seen each other, it was always love. You know, I would go fuck around and follow some of his shows. Sometimes people would be tripped out because before Nip got big, he was obviously, you know, like all artists playing in smaller venues. So they would see Nip in a bunch of 60s, you know, up in like the VIP smoking, getting ready for the show. And there I was ducked off in the corner, blown with all them niggas. So people would be So, man, but losing Nipsey was tough, man, because... You know, Percy being a fan of him and being a friend, I really saw his evolution over the years and, and, and always trying to elevate himself right. and always trying to empower others and made the best of a fucked up situation and just always kept it real, man. So he was someone I really looked up to, even though he was younger than me, just because I respected the way he moved and the way he went about his business. So to lose him over some bullshit was just, yeah, it fucked me up too. You know, obviously it fucked all LA up and all the world up, but, you know, getting a chance to know him, and, and I know I know Lauren. I've known Lauren since I was at UCLA, man. So to to see the loss in her eyes and, and the family losing him and LA losing him, that was tough. And then not even a year later, you know, the unfortunate loss of Kobe um, out of the blue. I had just he had just sent my because he was always sending my kids' team new shoes. He had just sent us some new shoes, so. We were actually up in the Bay when it happened. I have a house up in the Bay, so I took my whole little L.A. team, my boys' team, on a road trip to the house, to the to, to the Bay to play in a tournament. 
we're chat we're on championship Sunday at the whole team's dress, got their Kobe's on and probably about an hour and a half before we, before the game, I got the news and was just heartbroken. Like heartbroken. People don't know. Everyone thought because we almost got in that fight in Orlando that we didn't fuck with each other. But obviously, you know, we became teammates and we became I, I would see I would see Cole. I would see Cole probably every other weekend. You know what I mean? From coaching our kids uh, up at this tournament. He was coaching his daughter, I was coaching the twins. And then, like I said, I, I did his last interview on all the smoke. He was always sending the kids too. So we were really close, man, and, and had a real close bond. So to lose both those dudes within a year, it just really made me take a step back and realize, man, this shit is not promised. And we got to live for the day, for the moment. Don't cheat the day. Don't cheat yourself, man. And, and try to ride this thing to the wheels fall off because you never know when the wheels is going to fall off. Facts. Yeah, um, <clears throat> speaking of all the smoke, man, how did that come about, man? Randomly. Hold on. Yo! <laughs> Dad moves. <laughs> Sit your ass down. <laughs> I'm on the phone. Um, organically, really, um, me and Jack was both having success. Um, we were doing Fox and ESPN. We was getting a lot of love. People respected the way we moved and, and commentated and, and spoke on the game. And we were just sitting down one day smoking, like, yo, we got to do something. What can we do together? And to be honest with you, I didn't know nothing about the podcast game. Really still don't know nothing about the podcast game, to be honest with you. Um, but then I did the DeMarcus Cousins documentary for Showtime. And one of the producers said, hey, I heard you're trying to do a podcast. I'm like, yeah, I think so. I don't really know what it is. But he thought, oh, you'd be great. He's like, you need to come talk to Showtime. I'm like, Showtime does podcasts? And so I met with Showtime, and they took a chance on us with no scissor reel or nothing. Not really knowing what we had, not know they didn't know what we had, but we ended up striking gold, man. So it came together organically, randomly, and now we're off and running. Yeah, the same thing kind of happened with us too. Yeah, like we, me and Uncle Rico talked about it for like maybe like two or three weeks, and then we, then him and Uncle Fax actually did a guest spot on somebody else's podcast, uh-huh. and then like two weeks later, we was in the studio. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. Anytime you have real authentic shit to say, there's going to be an audience. You know what I mean? I think there's so much bullshit out there right now with sugarcoating. When you're watching regular TV, everybody's full of shit, man. Everyone's trying to make shit sense <laughs> is and isn't and trying to do too much. And when you can come with some real authentic shit from, from, from people that, you know, people can trust, you win. You know what I mean? So. That's how most most of them start, man. And obviously, there's a lot of podcasts, but very few can stand the test of time because you know a lot of them ain't really talking about shit. But when you got something to really say, people will listen. Hey, Matt. Uh, right now, the audience like they they getting on you. They they, they all want you to drink because they all been guests on the show before. They oh, like, yo, we, yeah. yo, we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ain't got to tell me. Now. I mean, I would be smoking right now, except my motherfucking kids are bouncing off the walls. But let me go downstairs and grab something real quick. Uh, yeah, I know you got something tough. I know you got something tough. I know I ain't got to tuck it. I live by myself, so my shit is just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on one sec. Let me see what I got in here. Okay. So, fucking dope, yeah. so uh, uh, y'all been going hard this week, man. Y'all done dropped like three episodes this week. Okay. I mean, that was one of the things we wanted to do with you know, everyone being on lockdown is we was giving people episodes once a week before when life was normal. Everyone, you know, we need more, we need more, we need wow. more. So once this shit kind of uh, locked up, I told we starting. we need to create more content on the fly and give people more. So now we're dropping two times a week. So we film every Tuesday and Thursday. We'll shoot two or three guests at a time. So now we got a handful in the bank, but Bruh. we're trying to give people what they need. But here goes this shot, that, uh, Jack Honey, for the guests and for y'all, okay. man. Appreciate you, man. Okay. Yeah, we're going to take that with you. We'll take that with you. Never leave a man behind. <laughs> Hell no. Um, so you had you had Dion Saturday that dropped. Then you turn around, you come back with Wayne on Tuesday. Yeah, and Jr. Ryder Thursday, man. I'm still trying to picture motherfucking Wayne playing motherfucking uh, fullback though. I Crazy, can't right? see that. Man. Yeah, Lil yeah, yeah, Wayne said he could play a uh, fullback. His little ass was out there trying to stick people. You know he was crazy though, because you know he he like, like, he you got to hit people to be a fullback. So he was out there busting heads. But no, we had a dope interview with Wayne. Uh, we got Mark Jackson in the bank. Uh, we Ooh. Shot, oh, we man. Shot that's, that's my dude, man. Mm-hmm. Mama, they got that man. When y'all, yeah. uh... We shot uh, John Barrett yesterday. We shot, uh, oh, shit. Shit. we shot John Wall yesterday. 
Uh, man, we got a crazy lineup. Next week, we got Bradley Beal. I think Trey Young is coming on. Uh, T-Mac. Um, mm. Earl Spence. Um, <laughs> you know, we got a crazy you lineup. Got Earl, Spence, Earl Spence, too? Yeah, the boxer. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's my bull. Yeah. My man. Yep. Yeah, man. So like I said, we're just trying to give. I mean, you know, podcasts like yours, podcasts like us is giving people helping people get through their days. And that's what I love seeing. I mean, we get so much positive, like, man, you guys are helping me get through this. You, you know, our whole family watches this or whatever it may be. And, you know, that's what we want to do is any way we can help in these crazy times. Let's do it. Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. So in the league today, right, do you see a player right now that kind of reminds you of yourself? Um, I think I'm like a, a mix of probably Draymond Green and P.J. Tucker. Just ah. hard-nosed dudes that play hard. Always put the team first, um, sacrifice ourselves for the betterment of the team, and really do whatever's needed. And I really feel like obviously Draymond's done that at the highest level. Yo, um, Draymond play like he like seven feet nine, yo. <laughs> he's little too, man. He's little. He's probably no bullshit about six five and a half Dang. with shoes on. Dang. You know what I mean? And playing center at times. So Draymond, right. oh yeah, we got Draymond coming on next week too. But he's a dog, and then I really love what P.J. Tucker's been able to do because he had a, a grind similar to mine. He doesn't cover yet. He been at work. Yeah, he was overseas a lot longer than me, but he finally came in and found a niche for him, you know, a 3 and D guy. And, um, you know, that's what I did throughout my whole career, kind of just played my role. That's why I felt, you know, I played 15. I could have probably played 17, 18 because I was a motherfucker that could fit in anywhere just because I knew what my role was and I stuck to it. <clears throat> he's a dog. That's why he's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yo, other than Kobe, we all know who Kobe is, right? Other than Kobe, who was the toughest person you went up against? Man, yo, I was the most – We ain't going to take Kobe out of there. I was the one that always had to guard the best player. So you could – I mean, you could pick. It was KD. It was Melo. It was Braun. Mm. It was D-Wade. It was Ginobili. Um, Clay Thompson. Ginobili. Uh, Ginobili was a killer. People don't understand how good Ginobili was. That mm. motherfucker was. Manu. <laughs> he was – D-Wade he was, was unorthodox. That's what it was. He was a lefty, and you knew he wanted to go left, but you still couldn't stop him from going mm. left. Um, another motherfucker that was cold but got hurt was uh, Brandon Roy. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Brandon Roy yeah. would have been an all-time. He would have been a Hall of Fame. He would have been one of the greats. Wow. That motherfucker was a real problem. Um, but yeah, like you said, you name it. Like every night, that was that's what I got got, got excited for. I mean, I had some games where I would blow out. And, Throw, drop 20, 30, but every night I knew what they like. It was my job to try to stop the other team's best player, and that's what I really prided myself on. So I know you, we know you're pro cannabis. <laughs> yes. So, uh, how do you feel now that all the leagues in general now are starting to take a softer approach on cannabis? I love it, man. I love it because. It was something that I got in trouble for. I got fined for. Um, other players, unfortunately, lost their careers over it. And it was something that was helping us the whole time. But there was such a negative stigma on it. You know, to be honest with you, I think the reason why the NBA had banned it was because they knew, like, we wouldn't – other leagues were testing for steroids. They had a problem with steroids. We didn't have no problem with steroids in the league. They're just like, well, what are these, what are these, what are these, black, what are these black men doing? They knew we were smoking weed. So, like, all right, well, let's pop them on this weed shit. But I think we've come a long way um, – from the stigmas now with education and, and, and all the research we have on it. Um, I'm excited. You know, I really thought that the NBA would be the first league because we're so progressive and, and, and set trends and, and the world follows. They would, they would be the first league to jump on board, but they've actually been the last, you know, hats off to major league baseball, hockey, the NFL. Um, and I think slowly, but surely the NBA will come back around. Um, with it and i think and i understand the message though you know because the, the nba is so global now it's obviously worldwide and it's taking the world by storm so you want to be cautious and, and and careful of what message you're sending to the children you know we don't want to you know obviously cannabis handled responsibly is is very beneficial but you know the message you're putting out you have to be conscious of so i think you know the the route to take is not so much we're promoting the use of cannabis we're just not testing for it now and that's what the other leagues have done. That's how it used to be when I first got in the league. If we first got in the league, we get a preseason test and we were good for the season. Oh. You know, so like I said, I think we're headed that direction. Uh, I'm very happy because I've been, <clears throat> I, I kind of felt like I could be the shield myself, Al Harrington. There's a handful of former NBA guys that have really been. My boy, Al Harrington. Pacers, yeah. baby. 
Yeah, come on, man. Al Harrington, Viola, shout out Viola. But we've really kind of been the the shields for the masses, you know what I mean? Because I remember my, my I just posted something on my Instagram the other day where I was in the drug program for like two years and I knew for sure I was about to pass this motherfucking test. So I took the drug test. <laughs> And I, so I started smoking again because I was just like, I, I passed this bitch. I know I'm good. <laughs> but I just wanted to know. So I went, I had my homeboy go to the store real quick, give me a drug testing kit. I took the test and failed that bitch. So I failed my own test. So I already knew I was going to fail the NBA test. So I was mm. in the program. I failed that test. bitch, my own test. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty much in the in the drug program for the rest of my career. I never knew I said that. But the one thing I knew, like, it was crazy was so, I got cool with, because I you know, I was a frequent visitor of the NBA drug program, but I got cool with the dudes running it. <laughs> and there was one point where they were telling me that, you know, there's 450 players in the league. They said there's over 200 players in the drug program for weed. And that was from rookie, rookie stars to our superstars were in that program for weed. You know what I mean? So, like I said, now that there's research on it and people are understanding the benefits of it, I think we're progressively moving forward. But... <clears throat> You know, I'm proud that I could hopefully be a, a small part of the change. I know um, I know Al Harrington. Uh, I know he's uh, invested actually in the actual industry. Are you invested in it as yes. well? Yes, I have a company called Seven Leads based out of Sacramento, uh, Distribution Grow out of Sacramento. Um, so we'll be, we're obviously, we're, we're heavy in Northern California right now. We're on our way. We just got distribution across all the Southern California. So we'll be all around California with probably within, obviously with this pandemic, it slowed everything down, but I probably say within the next two or three months, we'll be all over California. So seven leaves. And then I'm also dropping my own line called Swish. So I have a full skewer of CBD products, THC products uh, of my actual own. So I, I'm, I'm double dipped in, in this process. Man, that's what's up, yo. That's what's up. Um, mm-hmm. As the, uh, as it as it pertains to all the smoke man are you guys going to start putting some merchandise out there man fuck we've been on uh we we we, yeah, we are to answer your question yes uh we've just they've just been really picky um you know obviously working with big networks showtime there's a lot of ins and outs and hoops you got to jump through but we're in the process of building a, a virtual store as we speak and okay. hopefully within the next four to five weeks uh we'll have a full line of merchandise from hoodies to jackets t-shirts beanies hats everything so man, i've been waiting on it just like everybody else has definitely going to cop up man but yo we we gotta we gotta send you out a shirt though man yeah come on man gotcha yeah see so yeah, send me some i'll rock that shit for y'all i appreciate man. that man but yo having showtime behind you man yeah. that is huge yeah it's big oh. man it, it's really big you know what i mean because like i said there's a lot of there's a lot of good podcasts out here you know what i mean but i think what what's what's able to separate podcasts is the engine you have behind us but excuse me that, that you have behind you you know so we're fortunate enough to have showtime because when me and jack first started this shit we were going to have you know al al harrington with viola wanted to sponsor it and we were going to go the youtube route and just nitty-gritty and grind and find our sponsors but when showtime presented itself you know i just know that showtime is a machine you know what i mean so we've been so blessed to have them because i think what's helped us grow is our edits and our our other content and you know the, the shots shit. up yeah oh that's what that's yeah 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 we efficient drinkers we got a shot clock let me go back down i'm gonna just bring the bottle upstairs in my bed you know so i think i i think the reason obviously what me and jack is doing is dope and we're, and we're giving the fans what they want but the Showtime machine behind us with the edits and the access they have and the connections they have and the money they put into in, into the post uh, production, I really have, think has, has set us apart um, as far as podcasts in our space. So definitely uh, Showtime has been a blessing. Like I said, they took a chance on us with, with no sizzle, no nothing. They just they fucked with us and, and, and it turned out to be golden. Yeah, the crazy part is, is that like when when you guys started promoting it, I was like, oh, man, this shit's going to be crazy. Because, like, a few years back, when TNT would give uh, KG his little segment called Area 21, I was like, I was like, this shit would be dope if it was, like, unedited. Yes. Because that's what like, KG is, you know, to, to kind of to kind of filter KG is to take take the essence of him away. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the same thing with me and Jack. I mean, although we do well on SportsCenter and Fox... Uh, excuse me, on ESPN and Fox, like to, to edit us is kind of taking away what who, who we really are. 
Right. So for, for us to be able to take that to the next level and be us and, and to have a drink or smoke if we want or cuss mm -hmm. and say shit that ne necessarily that the networks don't want us to say, I think our authenticity is what made us us. Right. So I don't know how many episodes you guys are in now, but as of right now, what was your favorite? Who was your favorite guest? What was your favorite show? Man, that's tough. I mean, obviously Kobe, um, because uh, of circumstances. And I think my goal was always just to kind of be able to show people the Kobe that I knew, because the Kobe that I knew was so much different than the competitor. So I think we were able to give them a glimpse of that with that episode. But, you know, I'll start back with Stephen A. Smith was big. I think the Stephen yeah, A. Smith was a great episode. Put us on the radar. <laughs> Dwayne Wade took us to another level when he was uh, yeah. openly talked about his son and that situation. And then Snoop was dope. Um, should I just love the J.R. Ryder interview, the KG interview. I've never felt energy like that in an interview. Like the dude was so animated and, and talked his shit. I loved it. But I mean, but that was a live show, too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was from All Star Chicago. Yeah. It sounds cliche, but to be honest with you, man, all the interviews to me are dope because we're giving people another side of people. You know what I mean? I think my whole thing was I've always been, there's always been a misconception of who, who people think I am. Bad guy, thug, whatever, whatever. But I've been able to kind of slowly but surely show people who I really am. And that was really my goal with this show was, you know, to humanize our guests and let everyone know that we're regular motherfuckers, man. We just happen to play who, you know what I mean? So I think that right. we're able to, people are able to take their, you know, drop their walls and their guard with us and freely speak and just, Give everyone they know you, you're part of the culture, so they know you. So there's, right. there's already comfortability with you. There's no you hidden motive, you know what I mean? Like, you got to be careful when you say shit to, like, when you get interviewed after a game, you got to be careful because you say some shit and they don't understand it, they're going to take that clip and blow it out of proportion and fuck everything up, you know? So there's no motives with us. We're not looking for clickbait. We just want a dope-ass interview, whether you're a superstar like Kobe or we're talking to a, a, a J.R. Smith or a Lou Williams, like... We would just want to show people the other side of uh, of athletes, and um, I think we've been able to do a good job of that. So, who right now? Who is your like? Who who's on your wish list that you want to interview? Um, Obama, Michelle Obama, uh, Michael Jordan, and Magic Johnson. Mm. Okay, okay. You got any, you got any of those in the works? Or are you still are you still building so up? up. You know, they top notch. We're going to be announcing something pretty soon. Like we're in contract negotiations right now and we're about to make this show bigger. So once we, once we announce that and we have this new somewhat platform that we're going to be jumping on, I think that's the time that we're going to be able to get these bigger guests. So right now, um, I mean, you know, magic is a mentor of mine. I'm going to hit him up when I need him. But as far as MJ and the Obamas, I think once we get on the, the, this, once we elevate uh, what we're doing now, I think we're going to be able to get them hopefully. Once weed be illegalized in all states, that's when the bottle gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, that's a, that's a good that's a good segue, yo. So I got a question for you, man. I know you're a smoker. You probably smoke with a lot of people, yo. Who did you have your best time smoking with, like celebrity wise? Probably um, Snoop. <laughs> yeah, I probably I probably say Unk. You know what I mean? He's uh for him to be a legend in, in this game and for him to be pro cannabis from the jump. You know what I mean? And it was crazy because when we talked to Snoop about smoking and his message, and I think what gets lost in the messages, you know, he came from the crack epidemic and selling drugs. And his whole thing was, you know, fuck all that other shit. Let's smoke weed. You know what I mean? So I think the fact that he was really trying to obviously ahead of his time, you know, shout out to everyone who was ahead of their time when it came to this plant. But that was his whole thing was he was trying to explain was just like, you know, the black community gets so entangled with all these other hardcore drugs that end up killing us or getting us in prison or fucking our lives up. It's like, let's just smoke this tree and everybody be happy and cool out. So uh, definitely Snoop uh, is probably the most, you know, legendary uh, person I got a chance to smoke with. I also got a chance to smoke with uh, I was in Amsterdam with um a couple of my former clipper teammates who still play so i can't really put their names out there but we was out there burning at this little coffee shop and all of a sudden we hear like wiz khalifa music playing loud as fuck coming down the the, the alleyway because you know they tra they travel on boats and mm -hmm. then canals and somebody is bumping wiz so we go outside and look and it's fucking wiz bumping his own <laughs> yeah and we save us up to him and whatever and then he happens to be staying in the same hotel as us. 
So we went fucking, we, uh, you know, we ended up linking up with him later that night and just smoking so much motherfucking weed. It was stupid. And uh, so that was dope. You know what I mean? Getting a chance to smoke with Wiz, getting a chance to smoke with Snoop. Um, and you know what I mean? I, that's what I'm trying to be, you know, from the, from a, from a sports angle and an educational angle is one of those legendary, excuse me, athlete smokers. So, those are my oh, problems. Shit, that jack creeping up on you. So yeah, I got kind of like a personal question. Like, uh, yeah. if if they would uh, legalize weed early in the NBA uh, in your career, you think you would have played longer? I smoked it regardless, so I didn't really care. And I think no, other, like, like, smoke it without even not worrying right. about drug testing. Uh, I yeah. doing a different I, time. I still. When I tell you, I was in the program twice. So when you get in the program, they test. They come to your crib once a week to test you. And I still found and I still found a way to smoke. So okay. I would do whatever I had to do during the. I, I wouldn't smoke during the week, but the day I got tested, I'll burn it down. I'll smoke myself to sleep that day. <laughs> you know what I mean? and then do, what, do what I had to do to get that shit up out of my system. So I was really someone. When I tell you, I smoked from my freshman year of high school till my fifteenth last year in the nba in 2017 like i smoked the whole entire time through college through high school through ucla through my whole career so i just think it would have been less of a stress because it was a real smoking comes with responsibilities you know what i mean so when i was smoking in the league i knew i was taking a chance so man i was always in the steam room i was always running i was always trying to eat clean i was always drinking so much water sometimes i feel uncomfortable because i knew i just had to continue to flush my system so i just think i would have been able to comfortably smoke instead of kind of having to like fuck this smoking is a job but there's no other choice to, for me free to reefer man free to reefer <laughs> that's all yeah. you need to do man straight up yeah man um oh man don't 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 mind me right now shit. i feel like i'm high because i'm a whole different high right now man <laughs> i see trust, sm trust. i see smoke y'all smoking so I, I think i see smokers am i tripping you, you do see smoke we got two smokers in here I, I we got two smokers in here but you know okay they just yeah. off camera. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you can't see them. But they, <laughs> but they are from the Question Everything podcast. It's our, our brothers, Uncle Drew, Uncle Cam yeah, over tell, here. Tell, hey, tell him to pass that off. shit. He's going pass that shit. And they're sparking up right now, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> He's sparking up right yeah. now. Yeah, I got my, this is my week with my twins, and I'm about to go pick my little man up, too. So I, I, I only get to smoke once I put everyone to bed now when I have my, um the week I have my kids, so I can't, I don't smoke until, you know, 11 o'clock. <laughs> Right. Yeah, they go that call. Yo, we get a call. Two more calls, bro. Yeah, we got to go. Listen, man. Yo, I think one of the reasons the show is taking off for y'all like that, because first of all, like when you're in the podcast game and you hear people's ads, your shit is legitimate, like Showtime commercials. Like, yeah, it's like legitimate. You hear the shows that are on Showtime. Right. And that shit just blew my mind. It's crazy. It's crazy. They, they, you know, because we do promos for those shows, for our shows. They have me and Jack doing promos now, too. Like, so I'm not naive to think, oh, me and Jack are the reason. Obviously, we're the driving force behind it. But the machine behind us is a motherfucker. You know what I mean? We're talking right. about Showtime boxing. We're talking about billions. We're talking about all these other shows that they hold. Homeland, you know, you speak of it. Oh, and like, you know, they're, they're promoting all this shit and then all of a sudden these two niggas on here are smoking weed and on the pot you know what i mean so i'm not naive to think that <laughs> it's all us because it's definitely not man showtime has been a tremendous blessing um but also showtime knows they got us for cheap so they got to break bread and play dead because a lot of i like that a lot of other people want this show you know what i mean all kinds of people been hitting me up personally like yo when your contract's up you need to holler at us so i'm a loyal motherfucker jack is loyal uh, but Showtime knows they got to break bread for real. Shots up. There we so go. my uh, my next question is this, right? So I know you played 15 years in the league. And so at what point did you start to think about your career after ball? Was it year 15? Was it like nah, year 11? No, that's too late. So I'll probably say year – got in at 22. I'll probably say year 9 – Okay. When I was like 30, 31, 32, when I was, uh, that's when I started thinking because I already figured 
Keep it real, I wasn't supposed to be in the league, man. I beat all the odds, had a hell of a journey, even get there, grinded, bounced from team to team. So my whole motherfucking career was a grind. So I never took that shit for granted. But I also realized, okay, shit, I'm pulling up on year 10. I wasn't supposed to be here. But what's going to be next? You know what I mean? Because I was always, I just always had a, a hustle mentality, a street mentality. My pops was a drug dealer. So my shit was always thinking, like, what's the grind? What's the next grind going to be? So I just kind of started investing in things that I liked and wanted to do. And... That's why I think most athletes fuck up is like you said, it was a year 15. If you start thinking about what's next towards the end, yeah, that's when motherfuckers lose their money, develop habits, you know, get in all kinds of trouble. So by the time I was done, so I started thinking about post-career at about 31, 32, and then my, I ended my career at 37. So there was five years of these these investments were that, that, that were starting to kind of really start to kind of show, reap the benefits of the blessings. And I think what happens is too often athletes wait until they're done to find something to do. And they don't realize how long, if you're any real business or any little situation, it takes years for that shit to really get going and really get pumping. So I was fortunate enough to why the, why it took my time for my business to grow. I was still making money in the NBA. So by the time right. I was ready to retire, these shits were already rolling. So it was a smoother transition for me because I already knew what I wanted to do once I was done. I think sometimes guys don't know what they want to do. All of a sudden this shit is over and they're like, fuck, what's next? Hey, yo, you aggressive, you aggressive. Like I'm aggressive, right? <laughs> How many niggas in the NBA you punched on? <laughs> you know, uh, really only just one, you know, when I fought fish because- Oh, you fought fish? Yeah, that wasn't on the court. <laughs> Yeah, no, because, I don't know about that, bro. I mean, because I would have, I would to me, I was oh, I mean, you see, I was always ready to fight, but that first punch is probably gonna cost you 100 and 150,000 if you throw that first punch. So, I was always one to be willing to take the first or dodge the first because once they swing, it's self defense, and then they can't really penalize me like they want to penalize me because I was a motherfucker. I used to get suspended two games for pushing somebody, you know what I mean? So, I could only imagine if I would have just hauled off and hit a. Nigga, they probably would have tried to arrest me, suspend my contract, whatever. So the only person I really fought fought was Fish, and that was in the summertime. So I got a, you know, a handful of altercations through my career, and I was always ready to do it. But there's not too many motherfuckers that really want to fight. You know, I'm not trying to talk like I'm the baddest motherfucker ever. But I just just came from, you got to understand, like my background, my pops was a a soldier. You know what I mean? And I always came. I'm Italian and black, so I was always fighting. I was never white enough and I was never black enough. And my dad said, nigga, fight. So I was fighting from like third grade on. Third, I was always fighting, so it was just second nature to me. So it wasn't like I said, I'm not trying to be no Mike Tyson or try to be no bully. But anytime you fuck with my teammates... If a fight's gonna break out, I'm gonna I'm gonna be right in the middle of that motherfucker. But like I said, I think in the NBA, when you throw that first punch, man, that's gonna come with a high six figure tag, and I wasn't trying to hit that. Okay, did you gotta pay? All right, okay. Well, since you said it, I ain't said it. You said it. You, did you fuck fish up? Everybody want to know this. Everybody was been saying it. Yeah, yeah, everybody been saying it. Though. So did you fuck yeah. up? So I'm gonna keep it So I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like it was more so. Luckily, the situation was well. I went over to the house I was paying for. He was there in and with my ex, and they were having like some people over. So there's probably 15, 20 people over there. So I got off the rip one good shot that knocked him down, and then and then 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 people people jumped on me. I got the people off me. Got him on him again. Got a couple good shots, but you got to think every time I'm swinging, motherfuckers is on my arms trying to tackle me. So it wasn't really. I'm glad he's lucky, but I'm glad that there was a lot of people there because if it was just like her and him and me, oh, I should oh, bad. it would have been. It would have because my ex just stood there the whole because my ex has seen me fight. You know what I mean? The twins' mom has seen me get down, so she already knew not to get in the middle of it because she don't know these these punches don't have no names. So <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like it, it, anything could have happened. So. Luckily, there was people there that kind of were consistently in the middle breaking it up because if it was just me and him, it would have been all bad. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I beat the brakes off the, off this nigga because I didn't get a chance to. But if it was just me and him, it, that's what would have happened. So I seen I seen when you uh, broke broke it down on Vlad on Vlad TV uh, about about the situation with Fish. So my yeah. man Drew here, he wanted to know what music he was listening to as he was heading over to the crib. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga right here. Oh, oh shit. Hit him up. Hit him up. I know I had to be hit him up. <laughs> yeah, you already know. You know, the crazy part was, I mean, who for, who didn't hear that Vlad interview? So 
I'm at the condo and all my cars are already in Memphis because I'm playing for the Grizzlies at the time. I get to come home on my off day uh, for training camp from training camp. I find out what's going on. Crazy story how I find out. I end up finding out, but I don't have no cars. And this before Uber. So I'm like, what the fuck? How the fuck am I going to get there? Kanye ends up making a song that I motherfucking drove 90 miles to fight this nigga when I drove 15 minutes. But <clears throat> what happened was how I got to the car was I had my homeboy staying with me. He was in Vegas at the time, but I knew his Bentley was downstairs. So I'm motherfucking flipping my condo upside down to find these keys, calling this nigga. He's not answering. He finally caught. He finally answers, tells me where the keys are at. So I get the keys. I'm like, are right, we on? So I'm headed downstairs. I'm walking through my condo. This is like I said, this is before weed was like at motherfuckers new athletes really smoking weed. So I had a joint in my mouth walking down my elevator in downstairs smoking. <laughs> So I get to the car. He has this little Bentley downstairs and the motherfucker's on a flat. So I'm like, fuck. So I'm like, fuck this. So I just drove that bitch like three miles an hour, four blocks to get to the gas station, filled that motherfucking tire up and then got up on uh, on down the freeway and, and got to work. But <laughs> to the music I listen to, I mean, Pac is my favorite artist. So I listen to him when I'm happy, sad, mad, whatever. So he was definitely pumping. And I had some songs that had me ready to go. So it was it was a, it was, a, I can sit back and laugh on it now, but it, it was a crazy situation, man. Man. <laughs> Yo, so, um, fuck this show, man. Outside of, <laughs> Damn. outside of, outside of the, uh, the drama. So, like, when you smoke, man, or when you're drinking or whatever, right? What, what kind of music you like to listen to when you're just vibing out and chilling? I'm, I'm 90s RB. Right. Let's go. Yeah, to me, that's the best era of music. I mean, there's a handful of niggas I listen to now. I love Kendrick. I love J. Cole. Obviously, mm -hmm. I love Nip. Rest in peace. Um, but the new music, I'm not, it's just too new to me. You know what I mean? So any of the new stuff I hear because of my twins, because they're on it now, but there's too much weirdo shit going on right now. Like I'm used to like hearing a story and, and really have a motherfuckers paint a picture. And right now all these motherfuckers Word. is trying to do is pop pills and and, and or back in the nineties when groups used to sing about really trying to court a bitch instead of just I'm gonna pop a pill and get the bitch to pass out and do you know what I mean? Like to me, I'm just I just think I got an old soul. So I like people who are really singing about something, people who are really rapping about something. Right. Mm, man. So, yeah, we 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 pro nineties R and B over here. Yeah, man. we all in the same age range. So we are. We already know. You in the forty club, bro? I'm in the forty club, man. I'm a month. A month in that bitch. A month today. Yeah. You only get better. You only get better. <laughs> you know, I, to me, I mean, you're only as old as you feel. You know what I mean? Like I said, I consistently work out. I still box. I do a lot of things. I feel like to keep me motivated. I feel like as a man, I continue to elevate myself. I continue to feed myself by reading and and, and listening to word books and and continue to feed my my hunger to grow my 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 mind mentally. So. I don't feel like I'm getting better. Excuse me. What's your favorite book? Um, favorite favorite book. That's a good question. Right now, I'm reading the new Jim, uh, the new Jim Crow. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm reading that one right now, and, I, and I'm really liking that. Um, but I read stuff from all different genres. Like I said, I, I'm constantly reading stuff about the cannabis space and the industry. I'm reading stuff about you know a peace of mind, mental peace of mind, how to prioritize your day how to get the most out of a day so i'm just trying to read stuff that somewhat applies to history but just applies to me continuing to grow as a person yeah so uh i got i got a question <clears throat> real quick man how much you think you spent on fines for your time in the league Ooh. They 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 did a thing where i said it was up over five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. <laughs> but keep in mind like none of that shit was ever ever like someone picking on me all that shit was the defense of my teammates all of it you know what i mean so the only person to ever pay for one of my fines for me having their back was code everyone else let me hit that that motherfucking fifty dollars fifty thousand dollar fine twenty five thousand dollar fine oh, myself shit. so the only person the only person to ever pay for one of my fines was code so uh uncle drew got a question for you he said who's the goat mike or Bron? To me, it, to me it, I think the pecking order to me is MJ, Kobe, LeBron. And oh when I put, I put, I put, you can mix any of those. I, you could probably move Kobe or LeBron depending on your liking. And I think LeBron has a chance to surpass both of them by winning another championship, possibly maybe two. 
if that happens. But to me, it's hard to surpass Jordan. You know, six finals, six MVP, six championships, six and zero in the finals. Um, a lot of people not, you know, a lot of people not Brown for getting there eight times and, and only winning three. Like three is not a lot, but the fact that he got motherfucking teams there eight times is insane. But I think. I mean, obviously, Kobe got a lot of love when he died, but motherfuckers weren't really fucking with Kobe like that. And I think KG touched on that in our interview. Kobe was a a superstar people love to hate. You know what I mean? Mm. So for whatever reason, obviously, he got a lot of love when he passed, and and I'm glad he got it. But I think a lot of it was fake love because motherfuckers wasn't really checking for Kobe like that, and he doesn't get the respect. You know what I mean? Like you, and not, and not that you're trying to disrespect, but somehow Braun automatically jumped Kobe, and I was confused on how that ever happened. You know what I mean? Like. I think the I thing don't, with I don't, Kobe, I don't, you know, playing against both of them and having to guard both of them, like I'm taking Kobe. You know what I mean? But LeBron don't, and that's not knocking LeBron great because LeBron, like I said, has a chance to be the greatest. I just think he has, you know, to, to do a few more things before he gets there. But to me, it's NJ Kobe then Braun. That sounds about right. I think I think the thing about Kobe is this: is that like Kobe had no problem embracing the villain role because mm-hmm. he really didn't care if you liked him or not. He had right. one. He had one set mission, and that was to be the best and to beat you. Facts. And LeBron is the other. Like LeBron is the like the people's champ, so to speak. Like LeBron is the yeah, the, 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 people, right? the charismatic one, the one building schools. He's the one that, to me, I think LeBron is the most woke superstar we've ever had. Like he is the one that's with it. Like the poster child for whatever you want it to be. LeBron can be that. But like you said, I think you made a great point. Kobe didn't give a fuck about all that till he was done. Kobe had one mission. When I was to go out there and fucking take your heart every single night, and he did that. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that separates LeBron and Kobe, the biggest thing is LeBron is a direct product of, like, the AAU era. So yeah. you've been playing with these good players, or you, they've been on your radar for a long time, where I remember Grant Hill – Grant Hill got interviewed and he was talking about the first time he made an all-star game. And, you know, when he came into the locker room, he shook people's hands and Joe Dumars pulled him to the side and said, nah, we the Pistons. We don't fuck with them. Mm. <laughs> and you know what I mean? We, we don't fuck with them. You know, right. just because it's the all-star weekend, we still don't fuck with them because there's still a half be a season right behind it. It used to be different. And I was lucky that I caught a little bit of that old school because I grew up on that 80s shit. Like, I wish... I could have played in the 80s, you know what I mean, where you can clothesline motherfucking Kurt Rambis and it would just be a foul. You know, right I mean, you I love that. You want to paint. You going to paint yeah. fucking bad boys, yeah. somebody going to suplex you. Right, you know what I mean? And to be able to throw hands and know, okay, you might get kicked out, but you're not going to get fined six figures. You're not going to get suspended. Like, that's just what the league was, you know what I mean? So I love – that's what I grew up on because I was a football player first, so I love physicality. Y'all be on that shit, huh? Every right. 10 minutes. I, I ain't gonna hold it. <laughs> but I, I mean, my time is all fucked up this week because I'm just, I'm just too, I'm too into the interview. I just keep looking up like, damn, I'll, I'll sit the glass and I'm like, shit, I, I might as well hit the buzzer. But I, I think you made a great point. Like I said, I think you went from like, nah, them niggas is not. I don't give a fuck who they are. That's the enemy. Off season, all star, whenever, to an era where social media came around. AU is more prevalent, so you're growing up and playing against these guys, and these guys actually become your friends. So when they're when you play against them, you're gonna go to war, but they're still your friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's mixed people have mixed feelings on, oh, you shouldn't be buddy buddy, you shouldn't be this. But the way I always looked at, I had a lot of friends had your back, but when that ball went up, I didn't fuck with you right. all. I didn't give a fuck who you were. You know what I mean? Like if we had if we had to fight during the game, let's fight, and then after the game we could burn one or have a drink. But during the game, even right. if we were cool, but People that played against me and knew me knew that's how I got down. Like I, you know, like me and Zebo, that's my bro. But he kept trying to punk Blake. So I had to. I had to, I had to foul the fuck out of Zebo. Like, come on, my nigga. Like, just who? You know what I mean? Like, me. And then, no, but to me, then after the game, we was cool. But it was never no, no buddy, buddy shit on the court to me. And I think that's what kind of rubs some people the wrong way because it's like a buddy game. Like, okay, you score, I score. You, you know what I mean? To me. I think a lot of people think the competitive nature of the game has changed, but maybe it has, but it's just a different kind of basketball right now because all these kids have really from the beginning grown up with each other playing against what happened? What happened to bro? He had to go pee or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's walking like he about to ride a motherfucking horse. My man, my man just got he just got motherfucking uh hernia surgery. Hernia surgery. Mm. So you know that's why he walking like like he was riding horses all day. <laughs> <laughs> this, nigga, 
nigga looked like he was on the oh, uh, on the old town road. But yo, I got a question for you. It came from one of the people watching. Uh, my man John John Carter. He said, um, "If you could do anything over in your NBA career, what would it be?" Mm, 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 mm. I just think Sign I with the Pacers. No, I just think I would I, I would have worked out more. You know what I mean? Like once I got to the league, I learned probably my third year in the league how to work out. Because before that, I played every sport in football. In high school, I played football, basketball, baseball, track. I was a bet. My best sport was football. So I never learned how to work out for basketball. Like my kids now, they're, you know, 11 years old. Like they have a whole workout regimen and they train in different sports. You know, when we was younger, we played outside. Like we wasn't motherfucking training. We was playing tag. We was playing tackle football in the streets. We was playing until the streetlights came on and that was it. So I never really learned how to work out for basketball. Like I was just naturally, I was someone that could do a little bit of everything, but never mastered anything because I don't think I really worked out until I got, <clears throat> until I got there. I mean, like I, when I tell you, I'd never worked out for basketball until I got to the NBA. Like that's the honest truth. So outside of that, all the ups and downs and trouble I got into, like they made me who I was and I try to learn from every situation. So I wouldn't trade, change any of that. I just would have started working out earlier. So I probably could have been a, a better player. Okay. So man, what I, what I want to do above anything else, man, I want to thank you for your time, man. I know you got to get your young son. Oh man. But it's, it's been, it's been a, a privilege and an honor, man. Just fuck with a real one for a little bit. Yeah. No, I appreciate. I mean, y'all, y'all, when you guys catch me, if you guys want me back on the off day, man, I'll sit and fuck with you guys and and, and get drunk. I don't even drink, but I'll fuck around and get drunk with y'all, man, on the off day. Yeah, I do. Oh. I got my little man, but y'all got my line, man. Thank you for having me. God bless you, you and your families, and good luck with this show, man. Man, thanks, man. man. We really, really you, appreciate man. it, man. No doubt, man. Y'all be safe. All right, you take it easy, man. All right, bet. Man, that was crazy. That's crazy. That was like, dope, like, yo, that was dope, yo. like we, we, we still live. We're going to keep the show going for a little bit. Um, uh, but it's dope when, you know, a real nigga see you moving in a, in a direction and he fuck with you. And, you know, it's a lot of like he brought like he alluded earlier about with Kobe after he passed like that fake love. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, uh, so like, you know, I mean, I don't have no problems with fake love, but, you know, if you if you ain't really in it, you know, play your part accordingly. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank y'all. Man. Thank y'all for being that. that man, Uncle Rico, <laughs> Uncle Rico gave up trying to. Uh, you can say how that. He couldn't hear the question. So yeah, I know he couldn't hear because he came at his, his, his headphones and so. Um, that's what happens when you come late, but you're on a 23 and one, so it's all good. Shoot <laughs> <It's not, laughs> you know, program. Nah, nigga, Matt Barnes going now. It's time to roast some of y'all now. <laughs> uh, roast niggas. Like, niggas know hey, shit ain't sweet. But um, but shit, that shit was incredible, man. It was dope. Um, I know me and Uncle Rico, one, we didn't think he was gonna come. I thought you were just gonna sit down and take it easy. They can't hold me down in the hospital, bro. <laughs> I know. Yo, I'm sitting here trying to get the fucking uh, laptop working, and I seen your shit in the group chat. Like, they can't so hold me. I know, me, my, I know my rights. I'm like, oh, let's take my shit. They can't hold me. Do some nut shit. I'm sitting here doing this shit. Heard boom, 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 boom. Yeah, we heard boom, 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 boom. What the fuck is the door? Yeah, we heard the knock at the door. We was like, yeah, nah, nah, but nobody yet. But nah, when I opened the door, we had to see your Lonnie face. It was so so humbling. We're just like, bro. <laughs> My boy had the beard. Uh, how that shit used to be like. Please, please give, give us food. <laughs> hey yo, Carlton, man, thank you, yo. Everybody who's commenting and been active the whole time, man, thank y'all. Really appreciate it, man. We just doing what we do, man. We just trying to do it at a higher level, man. That's, that's all. Man. That's what's up, man? Shout out, shout out to Uncle Fax, man. Got about the hospital bed <laughs> and brought his ass here because he ain't gonna miss the fucking show. I ain't gonna miss the show, man. They, they try to get money for me anyway. Keep me overnight for nothing. So I got an extra bill still overnight. Sorry. So so so, I so it was it was more of a money issue than it was to just be on the show. It was both. It was both. If the show if the show wasn't, I ain't gonna lie. If the show wasn't the day of the more, I better lay my ass back, kick my feet up, and went to sleep. Like you know what I mean. I'm gonna I'm I'm keep it. Bye, I get up out of here. I'm gonna keep it a bean with you, right? If they ain't let him leave, that motherfucker was gonna say, "Babe, get the car out on the side, coming out the window, <laughs> coming in hot." I got these hospital sheets. I'm only on the second floor. I'm coming down. 
Um, Autumn, thank you, everybody, man. I, I really can't say it enough, man. Like, thank you, all, man. Yeah, man. Um, shit, let's raise glasses, man. Cause this, yeah, was, man. this this was a real successful day. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Man. Yo, and what, yo, man, my boy, you know about the alcohol. We were here stressing earlier, man. Booba was in here stressing earlier, man. Bro, like we talked about, you know what I mean? Um, we talked about. I haven't been kind of like nervous to do a show. Hey, Chris, see, they ain't look at it like that. <laughs> yeah, you are. That's a sales shit. Nah, fuck that. Yeah, what, 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 what fuck it, yeah. Dedication. Yeah, dedication, man. Oh man, see, he putting the battery in his name. What? He is dedication. He said settle shit. I said dedication. I said it's both. I'm from settle with dedication. Okay. Anyway, yeah, Lonnie Moore, be safe drinking after surgery. I am. I'm going to go kick my feet up. This nigga drinking, this nigga high up for perks and shit. Whoa, 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 Nervous to actually do an episode, and like I'm I had, nervous to that. He shared the well, same first, energy I got. Well, first of all, you weren't nervous because you was on drugs. Nobody's <laughs> 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 buying what you're selling right now. The hell out of here. <laughs> but um, I was high all day. So, but what I said, like I told Twitty when I got here, I was like, bro, this shit. Like, remember when we did the first episode, episode one, and we was kind of like waiting to. Uh, we was kind of like waiting. To yeah. kind of go on, we was waiting yeah. for our moment, and like right when we knew it was our moment, like that five minutes before, like I started feeling like some some butterflies and shit. So you know, and I hadn't felt that in a minute. So you know, and it, it was dope though because you know that's the first. Let, let me be clear when I say that's the first millionaire I've interviewed. <laughs> so I was like, I got to keep this nigga enthused. <laughs> Bro, like I dead ass yo, we had hit me up. I'm mad because he actually hit me last Friday. I had he hit him up. Man, I don't get my alerts for uh Instagram, so he could have been on the show last week. Uh, I didn't see it until Saturday morning. Maybe it was perfect time, meant to be. Everything yeah, meant to be. Yeah, bro. facts. Um, but uh, listen, man. Above everything else, man, you can follow us on Facebook at Drunk Owns Podcast. Like y'all who are tuning in right now, Instagram at Drunk Owns Podcast. Twitter is what Drunk Owns Radio. Drunk Owns Radio. You can go on drunkonks.com. Drunkonkspodcast.com. Drunkonkspodcast.com. So you, you catch every episode on there too, you know. You know what I mean? So, uh, but uh, here's what I will tell you, man. First of all, right, I'll have a rant, but I got to say this real quick. There is a global wide pandemic going on. If you thought Matt Barnes was going to fly from California and come all the way over here to Pensacola to fuck with us, oh, doing this shit. Like, niggas, I'm going to let niggas live. I'm going to let niggas live. But like, yo, I gotta let y'all know. Like, come on now. Yeah, like, wow, all, what? Like, you gotta watch the news. You know what's going on? Like, bro, like he'd have been on that plane by himself. <laughs> but yo, listen, man. Now, but he tells us to come out. There we go. Okay. Bro, first of all, first of all, let me say this, right? <laughs> Thank you. Before bro. the world got turned upside down with this shit, we had already we had already had the talks with him about going out there. And then as we hit the beginnings of this shit, you know, <laughs> playing that bitch Carol Baskin. Yeah. No, we ain't putting Carol Baskins on the show. We'll support that movement. <laughs> but, like, yo, um, Matt Barnes has said, he was like, man, if if you guys need me to come out there or you guys want to come out here. And, like, so we had already had it in the works. We were just trying to figure out the best way to make it happen. Shout out to the homie for coming through for us. Word, like, he... He he stuck to his word. Like Matt Barnes, like he he was fucking with us. That's a like, real nigga. I was fucking with that nigga forever. And every movement he got going on, he's got my support. No questions asked. Um, but yeah, man. Um, we got a little bit of liquor left. Yeah. We got a whole lot of energy left. Yeah. But uh, let's let's what definitely. Oh, oh, what you saying? We need more liquor. No, what we saying yo, is yo, Lottie gonna need, pass out. You take your ass. Lottie go collapse. Nobody thought you was coming. No, we ain't saying that part. So, but anyway, <laughs> listen, man, bro, uh, man, this is probably like my favorite episode 
Um, thank you guys for just really rocking with us and staying with us through it all. I thought uh, Why Women Cheat was our favorite episode. Well, this one, just, this one eclipsed that for me. Okay. Why Women Cheat, the second one. Okay. Was, uh, my, was like the second one. You know what I said? Why Women Cheat, not everybody. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the shade, the shade has entered. back. So you listen, right? One, one dope thing I'm going to tell, like, people who have a business, uh, podcast, food, whatever you're doing, right? So you see this wall behind us? Right. We, we had a great idea, me and Uncle Rico, man. If you want to get like some free promotion from us, send us a sticker. We'll throw you right up here on the wall, man. So that way people can see you and you can get your movement supported. Uh, but, you know, man, hats off to a great episode. Yeah, man. Audience was incredible. The energy was incredible. Thank you, Matt Barnes, for coming through, being a real one. Facts, man. But guess what? We ain't done. Nah. We ain't done. He said I was one of the fools that thought he was coming down. <laughs> it's all right. You wasn't the only one. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, trust me. You, you wasn't. You, you was brave enough to say it, but you wasn't yeah, the only one. I ain't admit it. Um, but like, listen, man, when this shit, when it when the smoke oh. clear with this other shit, we got a lot of shit coming for y'all, man. Yeah. Y'all be ready, y'all stay tuned. So um, but um, you know, love y'all, appreciate y'all. See y'all next week because we are essential workers and we have a job to do. I'm all for the next couple weeks. Facts. The, un weeks. the Uncle Facts podcast is about to pop off tomorrow. Six weeks. I'm all for six weeks. You're going to get 47 episodes <laughs> in week one. <laughs> Nigga, like Uncle Facts speaking facts. <laughs> He gonna be live nah, all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate y'all, man. Uh, and you know, God willing, we all here next week. Yeah, Savage Unks is coming soon, man. Savage Unks, man. You already know it's he stop playing, man. We gotta get it going. Um, but yeah, man, appreciate y'all coming through. We are your drunk unks. This is our podcast, and see y'all next week. Got what it was like to have.